organize your amazing ideas into a powerful book, you are in the right place. At the right time to learn how to write your book. Hi, I'm Joyce Glass. And I'm Sherry Lynn Bisbano, and welcome to The Right Hour, nonfiction tips from The Right Coach team. We are so glad you joined us today. Welcome to episode 1204 of The Right Hour. We continue The Right Coach success story series. Have you ever met someone who is truly a miracle They beat all the odds and live to help others. You will love hearing Whitney Ward's amazing story on how she's truly a survivor of an extremely rare disease. However, through it all, she's learned to truly live and use her gift of writing to bring hope to all people around the world. Whitney is a contributing writer for Southern Ohio Christian Voice, Atlanta Christian Voice, Almost an Author, and serves as a member of the newspaper staff at the youth camp for Rubyville Community Church. She writes thought-provoking dramas known as Vespers for the youth department. She's also a columnist for two quarterly magazines, IG Living and Broken But Priceless, the magazine. Both publication audiences are of the chronic illness community. In July of 2019, Whitney launched her inspirational program, where her guests share about the mountains they have faced. But more importantly, they testify how God gave them the strength to the top. In the last year, she's interviewed 25 people. In every aspect of the author's ministry, she gives God the glory of giving her the strength to scale the mountains of insecurity, self-doubt, loneliness, and a deadly chronic illness. Her growing fan base consists of authors, doctors, nurses, pastors, friends, and chronic illness survivors. You don't have to be a survivor of a rare disease to inspire other people. Your story has power. Learn how you can inspire others with your writing. Well, welcome to this episode of The Right Hour. I'm so excited to have with me today Whitney Ward. Welcome, Whitney. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I am too. Whitney is in the TWC Writing Club, and we met a few months ago when she joined and started telling us about all the fabulous things that she's doing. I love all the different things she's doing. But tell us a little bit about you and what led you to become a writer. Okay. So that's a bit of a backstory, but you know what? I love backstories in books because it lets you know what shaped the characters convictions Mm -hmm. and passions and so you know i'm gonna share my story so you know what makes whitney whitney you have have an amazing uh, story so i always love to hear it (laughs) thank you i appreciate it i have rare autoimmune and immune diseases and i was born with them for the longest time my specialists did not know what they were dealing with. They knew, obviously, it was rare, but they didn't know what it was. And I was tested for so many diseases like lupus, MS, CF, leukemia, but all those, you know, tests came back negative. And so my trial or my care was trial and error at best Mm because they didn't know what they were dealing with. And so, you know, like I would be, you know, like very fragile, barely, barely functioning to, Mm -hmm. you know, my system just completely 
crashing. And when that would happen, the only thing that would breathe life into my immune system was extremely high doses of prednisone. Uh. And if you've ever been, yeah, if you've ever been on prednisone, you know that they do just as much harm as mm-hmm. they do. Good. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, because of the prednisone, I I had a knee replacement at age nineteen, oh, wow. and so yeah. So anyway, it was not good, but that was the only thing because there was no no treatment that could help. Now, right. thankfully, towards, yeah, towards the end of like my teenage years, more treatments became available that they could use, and my immune system responded to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was still fragile, but I was a little more stable. Thankfully. Good. In 2013, my immunologist sent my case to the National Institutes of Health, or as most people have heard of it because of the pandemic, the NIH. And in uh, 2016, my NIH team explained to me that, that I was the first person in the world to be discovered with a rare gene mutation, and that was, was causing my diseases. And because I was the first person in the world to be discovered with those that disease, I developed a really close bond with my NIH team. And they extended this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to where they asked me to help select a name for my illness. And they also knew I was a creative writer. That came in handy. So they knew like I knew how to like, you know, figure it out. And so the name I came up with was Magis Syndrome. Magis means more in Latin. And it also really references this really cool phrase to the greater glory of God. Mm-hmm. And I knew Perfect, because I wanted anyone who would be diagnosed with this disease to know that they are more. And that it's a miracle we are alive, because my my specialist at the NIH told me, you know, it's a miracle you made it through your mother's pregnancy. It's a miracle that you're still alive. And it's a miracle that you're doing as well as you were doing. Right. So, yeah. So explain everybody how how rare is rare that you survive because you are, what, 31 years old? I'm 32. 32. Uh, turned 32 August 1st. Uh, and, awesome. Yeah. And there are only five known cases in the world who have Magis syndrome. There's, let's see, I'll, three of us are in the States. One is in France. And then unfortunately, the fifth was a little boy in Australia, and he's already passed away oh. from the disease, which was very hard to hear. Uh, it was like, Okay. How why him, not me? You know, it was very hard. It kind of just hit home even more how horrific this gene mutation is. But at 32 years old, I'm still the oldest person they can find living with this disease. So mm-hmm. it's just it, it comforting to know that there's a reason I'm still here. Definitely. God had a purpose for me, and I'm just trying to fulfill it every day. But, you know, obviously growing up, I lived at doctor's appointments mm-hmm. and offices and you know Were usually you like out of school no i missed 75 to 100 days of school a year uh, i had an iep and i went when i could i had a tutor but my parents felt very strongly that when i could go to school they wanted me in school because i was missing out on so many you know opportunities and i needed to go to school so i could learn how to be a well-rounded know how to face the world whenever, you know, I became an adult. And a big reason, you know, that I learned how to face the world is because my peers didn't really understand 
what I was going through. So they weren't always that kind. More so back then, when you didn't necessarily look sick or you didn't have a diagnosis that was well-known, people question your authenticity. Like, are you really sick? And thankfully, it's gotten better as the years have uh, gone kids are cruel, period, it doesn't matter what. (laughs) Yeah, cruel, period. I mean, I have big cruelty and I didn't have any health issues, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and that's true. They are, and, you know... How I sought solace was through reading. Mm-hmm. I loved to read. My parents couldn't keep me in books. And in fact, the most effective way they could punish me growing up was grounding me from reading. <laughs> That's what got through to me the most. Uh, like, okay, I'll shape up. Please get my books back. <laughs> like, you know, that kind of thing. That is, um, you are probably one of the few children <laughs> that reading, mm-hmm. taking your books away was punishment. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know, but that's what did it for me because I yeah. love to read. And, you know, it was just, it gave me an escape from my reality for a yeah. little bit. I could dive into a world where, you know, my disease didn't exist. I could be whatever I wanted to be, whoever I wanted to be. The mm-hmm. characters became my, you know, friends, and we went on awesome adventures together. And because of my reading, it fostered my love for writing. Mm-hmm. And, I have journals upon journals of where I just like bared my soul, like the pain and the heartache of, of what my disease was taking away from me, but also the joy and the victories when I surpassed a limitation that I was told I never would, you know, surpass. And I wrote uh, essays and, and uh, letters. And at 14, I uh, wrote my first young adult novel. It's terrible. <laughs> it's really- <laughs> It's bad, but um, maybe someday I'll go back and rewrite it. But I just remember, like, when I did finish it, oh, my goodness, that sense of, like, accomplishment and joy, yeah, that I feel, like, even more so, you know, today when I finish uh, a writing project. And that love for reading and writing led me to get a bachelor's in creative writing and a minor in journalism at Asbury University. And, you know, sorry, what? That was that sounds fun though. Your- it was so much fun. I loved it. I didn't even know that you could get a bachelor's in creative writing uh, until like later in my college career when I found out. Like, oh, yep, that's what I'm doing. Because I didn't want to do. I didn't want journalism to be my main uh, right. you know, degree because I. I don't like conflict and I stay away from politics. And in my mind, if I'm going to be a journalist, I'm going to cover that nitty gritty, you know, like conflict and journalism is, it's a different um, take on things. There is a different way you look at things, a different way you, you write. And it is not my favorite either. I did, um, I, you know, one Christian voice that like Del Didway does. I did it here for Georgia for a while and okay. I I did some pieces about people that were fun and so, and some things like that, but it was not yeah. my favorite type of yeah. writing. You yeah. know, it, it's just I prefer the book or blogging kind of format. That's what I've yeah. done for yeah. years. So I get it. It's a totally different kind yeah. of writing. Yeah. And I do enjoy like when I've written a little bit with you know books in in children's books, nonfiction and children's books or anything to get a little break and, you know, write an article, mm-hmm. um, just for a different 
change of pace, but that's not, you know, you know, that's not my main thing. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. But my platform, you know, uh, is centered around the word more because mad just means more. And I want to encourage the, uh, chronic illness community, but also like, anyone who's facing a a mountain in life to let them know that they're more than their mountains and they're more than their circumstances. Well, yes. And don't forget to tell them about mountain climbers. Yes. Yes. So I, uh, God opened amazing doors for me to do this. I was at uh, the right to publish conference in Chicago in 2019. And I was in a marketing class and the, uh, instructor was talking about interviewing and like the proper ways to, you know, interview. And, you know, my, like I said, my, my theme of my platform has been more and a, a common slogan has been more than my mountains. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I just plopped this idea into my head and said, you should start a, a podcast. And I already had a YouTube channel. That was the beautiful part of it. Like I didn't have to create it. I already had it. And you should start this like this podcast where you interview people and they talk about the mountains that they're facing and their mountaintop victories and uh, how they got to the top of the mountain. And I really like what God has been teaching me lately is that it's okay not to be okay. And yeah. that's how we get past like where we can start really climbing and making it to the top. So mm-hmm. I wanted my interviews to share their story in a very real in raw way. We weren't going to make it fluffy and, you know, like completely happy. Of course, there's happy elements to it because you right, know, God right. gives you rashes. But I wanted people to see that it's okay to cry and sob and ask God why. And I mean, he knows the why before we even go to him and ask it. And he, exactly. he knows where he is. And we live in a fallen world. And so he welcomes our whys. And so that's what I wanted mountain climbers to be about. And then I expanded it a little bit more and I've started vlogging with it mm-hmm. and, uh, where I share, you know, just parts of my journey and I call it from mountain to more with Whitney. Mm-hmm. And so I'm excited to kind of expand that and I'll, I'll do it once or twice uh, a month, but every Monday I post a mountain climbers episode. Now I did have to give myself a little bit of grace because I did have surgery in August and I was like, okay, I can't, I'm going to have to give myself some grace. I'm going to have to recover and get all my strength back. And thankfully I'm getting there and I will mountain climbers the first Monday in October. We'll have another mountain climber. So I'm excited. Yes. And I, you're just doing so many fabulous things that, you know, you, not only are you a walking miracle, but you're walking out a story to share with others. You're not just sitting around you know, woe is me, I've got this disease, I can't do everything I want to do kind of thing. You're like, hey, I can do a lot of things. There's a lot of things I can do and Mm. a lot of people you can touch. And, you know, that is a powerful, powerful thing that, you know, we, everybody needs to be thinking about how, who, who can you touch? Whose lives are you going to touch? Because no matter what you do, whether you are a preschool teacher a preacher yeah. working at the gas station or Walmart or anywhere else in between, or, you know, a high level executive um, in a company, yeah. we are always touching the people that were around yeah. and you're leaving yeah. a legacy, whether you realize it or not. Yes. You know? yeah. And you've got to choose 
how are you going to leave that legacy? And I I think that's what your mountain climbers is about. Yeah. Yeah. You can choose to be better or bitter. Mm -hmm. And if you choose to be better, then, oh my goodness, God can use you in tremendous ways. And so, and plus, like, I mean, if, if you don't choose to be better, it's, it's going to hurt you. Mm-hmm. It's not going to hurt anyone but you because you'll never get past, you know. Right, right. You you're you're missing out on mm-hmm. the joy of helping others, raising them yeah. up. Exactly. So, definitely. So you're working on a book right now, correct? Mm-hmm. And how do you, well, tell us first a little bit about the book and then how do you want it to help people? So my book has two audiences. I feel like it's for people who are facing the mountain of chronic illness and disease, because that's my story and that's, Mm -hmm. I can relate to that, but you know, it also will reach out to anyone who's facing a mountain in Mm -hmm. life, whether that's anxiety or divorce or infertility, spiritual warfare, or even there is something to be said that it is a mountain climb when you're trying to decide and figure out, okay, what is God's purpose for me? That's mm-hmm. just as tough as a mountain as anything else. Oh, and yeah. so, Been there. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it is. And so, you know, we talked about mountain climbers. My tagline that I say at the end of every single episode is when your strength comes from the right source, there's not a mountain you can't climb. And that's what I want to do for my readers. I want to point them to that source, which is Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. because that's how they're going to make it to the top of their mountain. There is a singing group called Karen Peck in New River, and they sing a song that has the words, so if everyone is going through something, I'd rather go through something with him. Right. That's so true. At some point, everyone is going to go through something. You do. But yeah. the way, yeah, but the way we're going to get through it is by Jesus climbing the mountain with us. Now, you know, is the train going to be uneven and eclipse be sharp at times? Yeah. Are you going to scream and sob and ask God why? Of course. But what I hope my book does is it shows everyone that is, you know, those mountain climbers that if they climb with Jesus and if they allow God to shift their focus from the pain and the heartache of the climb, they'll see that God wants to give them way more blessings and joy mm-hmm. and victories. And they'll eventually make it to the top of their mountain. And I got to tell you, the mountaintop views are always spectacular. They are. They are. Mm-hmm. When, when you can get to that point, it's all yeah. worth it. All it the is. pain, all the heartache, mm-hmm. all the struggle. And that's kind of the joy of life too. Yeah. Because if, you know, if, and and we see this in people, if people that haven't struggled Mm -hmm. do not have the same appreciation for life and for the achievements than people who have to struggle to get there. Yeah. You know, the, the guy that has the natural basketball talent and is just always winning, always winning, always winning versus, you know, the Michael Jordans of the world who, yeah. what was it, high school basketball? There was somewhere he didn't get in. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, uh, I can't remember. It, I'm trying to remember the story, but we can't, yeah. if you're like me, yeah, woo, basketball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I thought it was <laughs> fascinating. Yeah. Space, classic movie. Which is? Space Jam. I'm sorry, I can't hear what you're saying. Space Jam. 
Oh, Space Jam, yeah. Yeah, about Michael Jordan. Ah, classic. I haven't seen that. But the, I know, I need to see it, don't I? But I mean, I love those sports movies. I'm not a big sports person, which is hilarious, but I love sports movies. And I think it's, that's part of it is when you see these people who work hard and struggle and they finally get the achievement for all their hard work. And, you know, that's, that's the thing to keep in mind. You know, there are so many success stories of people, they didn't hit their success till their fifties or sixties. Yeah. So don't ever think that you're down and out because you're fifties or sixties. I just turned 50 a week, a week ago today. (laughs) And thank you. I did wish you happy birthday. Yes, I did. Yes. Yes, (laughs) Um, But I just turned 50 and I feel like my life is just finally getting that momentum and really going the direction it needs to go. Yeah. I finally, you know, I feel like I'm about halfway up the mountain. I haven't quite yeah. made it three quarters of the mountain, yeah. but I've made it a long way from where I was. And, yeah. and so what I want people to know and the part of the reason we're doing these success stories is everybody's on a different journey and you're don't compare your journey to someone else's. There's a reason. Yeah. There's a reason you're at where you are. And your success may look different than someone else's success. So that's why you can't compare. You can't compare or you will just do yourself in. Focus on your mission and the path that you are called to go on. Yeah. And so, well, so how, I think you answered the question. How do you want people to help, help you to help people was, knowing that they can get through these hard times is the, exactly. is the gist of it, right? Yeah. That, that, yeah. Well, and I'm super, super excited because in this book, I am um, incorporating my mountain climbers episodes. And awesome. so, I, yeah, I'm so excited to get to share uh, their stories intertwined with mine. Yeah. So, and that's uh, perfect because that, that gives some more oomph to your book. It's not just, Hey, I'm this wonder girl that, that has survived exactly. to 32, but look yeah. at this person, what they've been through and how they survived and yeah. How, yeah. how their life is better now. Exactly. I love that. Yeah. That's why I didn't want mountain climbers to be all about me mm-hmm. because we're all going through some type of different mountain and we all need hope and encouragement that will make it to the top. And so that's why for the last year, it's only been guests. It hasn't been anything about me. The only reason I added from mountain to more is because uh, I wanted people to know why I'm doing mm-hmm. what I'm doing and to understand it. And to hopefully uh, I'm planning on doing some like blogging about just for people to understand other people with chronic illnesses to yes. gain more awareness and empathy. And so I'm really excited about the blogs I have planned to do. So awesome. I love that. So what has writing or the writing process taught you about yourself? Okay. So it has definitely taught me that I am more of a perfectionist than I (laughs) thought I was. I cannot sit down and write if I don't know the direction or the flow of a uh, chapter or a a paragraph. I'm getting better at it, but I would just be like, I can't do it. And I just wanted it, you know, packed in 
this box with a pretty bow. And so what I, what I had found that has helped when I, you know, tend to like, you know, procrastinate from writing because I can't figure out where I'm going with it is to focus my attention on another writing project that I know the flow. I know how it's going to go because that gives me inspiration. It mm-hmm. reminds me in why I love writing. <laughs> and then <laughs> once I can go back to that other writing project that was giving me fits, I am refreshed and renewed and I'm ready to tackle it. But it was so funny because before I ventured out and started going to writing conferences and making writing friends, I thought I was the only writer who struggled with procrastinating on writing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's hysterical. Yes. (laughs) I'm so glad. All the writers listening, raise your hand if you're a procrastinator. (laughs) Yep. That's probably about 99.999999% of them. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, and I'm loving all these memes that I see now because I'm friends with writing friends on Facebook and social media. And I found out very quickly when I started going to writing conferences and making uh, writing friends, okay, I'm not as much as the odd man out as I thought I was. So it made me feel much better about myself. And I also learned, well, not so much learned, it totally reinforced uh, that I am a creature of habit. Mm-hmm. I have to have structure. I can't just say, oh, yeah, I'm going to write tomorrow. I have to have a plan. I have to write down what I'm going to write, what project I'm working on. I need that focus. So mm-hmm. I will do it. I'm the person that I get a high on making a list and then at the end of the day, marking off all the like to do's that I got done. So that's, that's what I've learned about myself during this. Yes. Well, we've had the discussions about this perfectionism thing that you're, you uh, deal with, but um, I know that that's something that you will continue to learn. But for those listening and for Whitney, there is not a writer alive that their first draft is perfect and beautiful. Yes. Not yes. one. Not you name any famous writer you can think of that you love, and I can guarantee you, they go through many drafts before they yeah. get to that beautiful final draft of that book that's more powerful. It's just a part of the process. Yeah, yeah. And and thing and and I don't know if you do this, but I want to encourage you to do this. If you don't, just write your ideas out about what you're thinking about and don't worry yeah. if they're perfect or not. Just yeah. get the ideas out. Like if somebody asked you, Hey, you're going to write this article. Well, tell me what it's about. And you just yeah. spit out yeah. your ideas. Yeah. yeah. So much more will flow out of there that you just won't yeah. believe because yeah. you're, you're, you're freeing those thoughts. Yeah. And when you I'm free them, they come yeah. out. Yeah. I'm starting to train myself that way to be okay. That it's not going to be pretty. Mm-hmm. all the time it comes out and you know what's really helped with that is which i'll get to that in like my some of my other you know questions but writing clubs mm-hmm. have helped me with that like our writing club mm-hmm. has helped me like, gotta let go like let it go let it go, <laughs> let, it go. <laughs> let it go we'll sing the song for you i don't know it all but other than let it go <laughs> well what has helped you write better and become a better writer? There's three main things. First of all, writing conferences. Huge. I can't stress enough how important writing conferences are. 
I wish I would have branched out and did writing conferences a little bit sooner than, than I did. Uh, there was many reasons why I couldn't, but one reason I just didn't is because I am an introvert and it just really intimidated me to even think about going to one. Um, I've grown as I've, you know, branched out, but back prior to before I went to writing conferences and started making writer friends. Oh my goodness. Scared me so much. But thankfully, I go to church with Del and Angie Goodway. And they became involved with Serious Rider, right? As Serious Rider was gaining momentum and they started offering uh, writing conferences. And Del and Angie told me, and this was in 2017, told me about the Ohio Christian Writers Conference. And so not only could I go to a conference that I could actually afford, I was going with people I knew that could help me kind of branch out of my comfort zone. and. I'm so glad I did because at this writing conference, that's where I met Sherry Lynn. And uh, we instantly just connected. But oh my goodness, like at this writing conference, I learned so much about what I needed to do to improve as a writer through the classes that they Mm -hmm. offered, whether it was the grammatical side of writing, knowing, you know, like, okay, these are the unnecessary words that you need to weed out or a class on, you know, show versus telling. It just helped so much. And, you know, I, as I continue to go to writing conference, I just continue to get better and more seasoned as a writer. And one thing that I love, like my mentors and my heroes, they've said themselves that they're always learning. You, Mm -hmm. you'll never like be the perfect writer. And that like, that's made me respect them so much, but also has given me grace to know like, okay, just keep learning, you know, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. Keep swimming. Um, so, yeah. it's like just, keep thing, writing, you know? just keep writing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's been huge. Also mentors, get a writing mentor. That is so huge. I mentioned Sherry Lynn, you know, we instantly connected and she became my first writing mentor. I can go to her for, you know, advice on a book proposal or something that I'm writing. And not only that, I can go to her and say, hey, I want God to open this door or, hey, I have this decision I need to make. Can you pray for me? And she does. And Mm -hmm. she gives me exactly what I need when I need it. I also met Michelle Medlock Adams at that writing conference. Mm -hmm. And she's become an amazing friend and mentor and taught me a lot about the world of writing for children. Mm-hmm. And now you've become a mentor and it's been so sweet to get to know you these past several months. And the great thing about mentors is this, not only do they help you become a more seasoned writer, but they also encourage you and celebrate with you when you reach a milestone that you've been working exactly. so hard for. And you will know you'll always have someone in your corner when you have a writing mentor. That's been huge for me. And the last thing is, Join a writing club. Like, that is huge. Uh, you'll learn invaluable, like, stuff on um, the publishing world, writing, marketing, and you'll also Audience be in We have Keith in our writing club. and I love Keith. Oh, my goodness. I, like, he's helped me so, so, so much to, like, expand mountain climbers, to give me tips on YouTube and how to make that better even connected me with some of his YouTuber friends. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's been like, Oh my goodness. Like it got it. It's well, and that's the, that's the beauty of a club is not only are you networking with other writers, which exactly. every writer needs because you need yes. that support, that encouragement, 
you know, yeah. your friends and your family that don't write, they may be supporting you, but they're not going to know how to connect and really exactly. encourage you because they're exactly. not in that world. It's not their thing. Yeah. It's not a bad thing. Yeah. It's just not their thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And they're biased. <laughs> yeah. And they love you. So they yes. want you to succeed. Hopefully they do. But what I love is then I've connected with Keith and Sherilyn and I all run the, the writing TWC writing club, which I don't know. Do you know Lindsay Brackett? She, yes, I met her in 2017 at the writing conference. She is now a member of the Right Coach team. She is joining us, and she's going to do a fiction section in the writing uh, TWC Writing Club. Yeah. And she's also going to do set up a training in the Write My Book Boot Camp, which is our group right. coaching program. Oh, yeah, so we yeah. have a fiction expert with us on yeah. that is going to help people with fiction. But what I've told her and what you know, but everybody in nonfiction needs to know if they don't already yeah. is my, when I learned to write fiction, my nonfiction yeah. writer became writing became better because mm-hmm. I started using those techniques yes. in yeah. fic, in nonfiction mm-hmm. and it really brings your stories to life and it brings it, your, uh, your work to life. And yeah. so, and that's a part of learning. And so part of the writing yeah. club is we have yeah. all these people that are connected with other people. Yeah. So we yeah. bring in a like mm-hmm. key every month on marketing Monday is bringing yeah. in somebody to mm-hmm. help with marketing. And this month it was Gail yeah. Murphy who helped talked about when you're being interviewed, how's the best way to be interviewed on live streams and podcasts mm-hmm. and yeah. even TV and radio. You've yeah. got to know how to be interviewed because if you can't interview good, they're not yeah. going to ask you back and there's not going to, yeah. ref- you know, and yeah. everybody needs people to interview, you know, TV yeah. shows, podcasters, yeah. they all need people to interview, yeah. to keep their shows going. But if you come in and you don't know how to present yourself and how to, sh- to share, yeah, then you're going to struggle with that and you're not exactly. really going to grow your audience. And that's something that yeah. she teaches people how to do. And she's got a yeah. book about it. Awesome. So, yeah. So we, we, that's the great thing. Like you're saying, mentors, clubs, connections, yeah. conferences. And it's so yeah. funny. I, I've interviewed Doug Carter. He's his podcast released today. And he said the same thing about conferences. You need to go to conferences. And I am all for that too. Because the, that's the other place that you can meet agents and publishers, too. Yeah, yeah. And you yeah, can, but the great thing about writing clubs is right now in this pandemic, when you can't go to a writing conference, you can still get trainings and lessons and grow as a writer. Right, exactly, exactly. Well, the thing I want to say about Lindsay is that I don't even know if she remembers this, but when I met her at the 2017 conference and told her about one of the books that I'm writing, not the current book that I talked about, but at that point when I was, you know, working on, she agreed to endorse it. So anyway, so that was really cool. That is cool. That is cool. She is a sweetheart and she's a Southern girl too. So we're both Georgia girls, but she's got a little more Georgia in her than me. Uh (laughs) Her Southern Southern roots are a little deeper than mine. (laughs) My parents are from Maryland, so that's not technically Southern. I still can't remember that connection that we have. My dad remembers from Georgia. Right. And his parents are originally from Maryland and they moved to Georgia when he was a year old. Yes. That is so funny. That is so funny. We do, we do have that fun connection. Well, I was born in Georgia, so I've never known anything else, but my brother and sister, my older brother and sister were born in Pennsylvania 
but they were young when they moved to Georgia. So my brother was only like three and my sister was like around eight um, when they moved to Georgia. So Georgia's home to them too, even though that wasn't necessarily where they were born. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about your writing time. Do you have a consistent time you like to write? Do you write daily or what are some things that work for you and some things that maybe didn't work for you that you've tried along the way? Well, as I said before, I am a creature of habit that thrives on structure. I don't write every day, but I have designated days that I do write. What works best for me is I actually designate each day to a certain area of my platform mm-hmm. for you know learning about how to be a better host, a better writer, and a, and a better speaker. So on Mondays, that is the day that's devoted to mountain climbers. I post mm-hmm. mountain climbers, like you said, before, you know, we chatted before we started recording it. It takes a long time to post and to market and to promote. It's not just like, Oh, done. I mean, it takes a long time. It's so, a good hour for me to hour and a yeah. half to, yeah, get it, exactly. to get it everywhere. And then I set it up and meet anchor so that it will continue yeah. to, to post. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, the, and something that I came up with this week, because I need to post some more things out on LinkedIn yeah. Uh, that I've went back and I had finally had the brilliant idea because, you know, I've got over 60 some podcasts now is wow. I can take little clips, little quotes from each of those podcasts and write a post yeah. about it and create a little meme that goes yeah. with it, you know, with that pretty quote mm-hmm. and, ha- and then have the link to the podcast at the end. So yeah. it's another way to repurpose that material. And that's yeah. the thing. With yes, people and marketing, you can mm-hmm. use one piece of content multiple times and multiple yeah. places and multiple ways. Like, so for one podcast I did this week, I've got three different memes that I'm um, going to post. One I've already posted, yeah. the other two. And mm-hmm. there, I just t- took out little chunks of the information and I'm just talking about that one little piece of it. And then at That's the end, I have a, you know, listen to this. Yeah, um, the full podcast or see the show notes yeah. at blah blah blah, and there's the link. So awesome! That's a great way. But yeah, but yes, it does. It does take time. So that was your free marketing tip there for everybody. That's great advice. Yeah, that would that would definitely yeah help a lot. To because sometimes it's overwhelming because you know like you know not only are you marketing for you know like mountain climbers, you're writing you know like a book, but, you know, technically as a writer, it's blogging is really important. And mm-hmm. so it's like, how do you, how do you manage, you know? Uh-oh, you froze on me. You there? Come back. Come back. Come back, come back.
so what is it that you do daily with your writing time? You said you had different days you did, did things. Yes. So as I said before, I am a creature of habit that thrives on structure. I don't write every day, but I have designated days that I do write. And what works best for me is that each day is designated to a certain aspect of my platform, mm-hmm. whether that's, you know, like mountain climbers or riding or, you know, taking classes and training so I can become a better writer, speaker and host. So on Mondays, it's all about mountain climbers. Mm-hmm. I host the episode and then I market it. And then this, this is a cool thing. This was, this was huge. I talked about Keith and how he helped me get in touch with like YouTubers. Yeah. Um, yeah. That are like uh, YouTuber influencers and have like, you know, they, they give classes and um, all that. And one thing that they uh, suggested to me, which was huge, is to reach out to your writing friends who have business pages and ask them if you can post your episodes on their business page. And so I did that and I post on your page, mm-hmm. Sherry Lynn's page and my good friend, Ben Cooper. And that's been like awesome because it gets it out there to a, another audience you wouldn't otherwise. It does take a lot of time, like we discussed, but it, it's worth it. So that's why on Mondays, it's all about mountain climbers. And then Tuesday, I write. Mm-hmm. And on Wednesdays, that's my day to take classes and to uh, listen to trainings and then implement what mm-hmm. I've learned. On Thursdays, it's kind of a dual day mm-hmm. where I'll write some, but I also record my Mountain Climbers episodes mm-hmm. on that day. And then on Friday, I write. And then on Saturday, that's kind of my overflow day. Whatever got the least attention throughout the week will get my attention on Saturday. And then kind of sprinkled out throughout the week, I try to encourage and uh, celebrate with my friends, writing friends, whether that's liking their stuff, uh, sharing like a blog post or like a, a book that just released because much of it is not only, you know, posting about yourself, but also supporting your fellow writers. So that's I try to, that yes. is, that is huge. That's something mm-hmm. that we talk about in the writing club a lot is yeah. the 80, 20 rule. 80% of the time share other people's information, you know, their blog posts, their mm-hmm. podcast, yeah. their YouTube channel, mm-hmm. whatever. And the other 20% of the time, then you're sharing your information because nobody wants to go to your Facebook profile, your LinkedIn profile, yeah. any, any, any social media platform and go yeah. and see, buy my book, buy my book, buy my book. Here's my thing. Here's my thing. Here's my thing. Yeah. You, you want to be giving, you want to be giving yeah. information that's going to help people to connect yeah. with you mm-hmm. and you want yeah. to give them, you know, you can, you can share your own information about yeah. your topic, but, it, but 20% of the time, but then you need to be sharing other people's information too. Yes. Yes. Because, exactly. And, and for my Facebook now, I share other people's information, but a lot of times I'm sharing some funny stuff too. Cause I, yeah. I, I yes. like the funny we stuff, you know, yeah. so whatever your personality is, yeah. um, then here's your second marketing tip. You're 80, 20. So, so share <laughs> your stuff yeah. 20% of the time. So people can connect with you and know you. And then the yeah. other 80% share other people's stuff. And that's a great thing. Yeah. 
and yeah, you yeah. got to learn whatever platform on you got to learn the best things to do. And um, on exactly. Twitter, and helping, yeah, on Twitter, we help each other. I tag you on things. You tag me on things. Yeah. And we, mm-hmm. we reach and then we, stuff. right. And when I tag you, that's kind of the clue of, Hey, can you please retweet? And yeah. so, yeah. yeah, and that's what a lot of people do. And so, yeah. and then it, you also look more well-rounded too. You're not just exactly talking about mm-hmm. your topic or your thing or your book yeah. all the time. So yeah. love yeah. that. Love that. Yeah. So, so I love that you have, because this, this is perfect. And I learned this in the 90 day year system that Todd yeah. Herman teaches. You have a theme essentially for each day. You, you know, yes, I do. Monday is mountain climbers, Tuesdays is writing, Wednesday is training, Thursdays a little mix and you're recording and writing. And what was Friday? Um, Friday's writing. Friday's writing and then Saturday's kind of a catch up and whatever you can get to during the week. That is beautiful. That is not schedule all the time. No life happens. So like I just mentioned, I had surgery and so I've had to give myself a little bit of grace this month of September to fully recover, regain my strength, but I'm so ready to get back to that consistent schedule because I, I need that schedule to get stuff done. Right. Right. And so anyways, so that is wonderful. And I love that because it does give you some focus. And for those that are creative, it's also fun because then you're not doing the same thing every day or trying to do everything in one day. And, yeah. and, and that really helped me too. So like I have days that I focus on coaching and I'm like, even then there's days that I do recordings and usually my afternoons are recordings and appointments and then mornings is my writing time and any yeah. other you know, personal stuff. Like I'll try to yeah. walk, which this yeah. week has been insane and out of whack. So like you said, yeah. life happens, but I have an intention and a goal you know, for <laughs> yeah, exactly. each day. Yeah. And then on Sunday, I kind of reboot and, ho- you know, like this week has just been a lot yeah. of meetings, appointments and Facebook lives and group coaching calls. Yeah. And so it's just been wackadoo. And so I haven't really accomplished as much as I'd like to, but like you, you know, you've just got to give yourself some grace and readjust. So what words of advice and encouragement would you have for any writer that maybe they're new to writing, maybe Mm -hmm. they've been writing and they're struggling or they've thought about writing. They started it. And they gave up on it because they got overwhelmed and they just weren't sure what to do. Do you have any yeah. advice and encouragement yeah. for those people? So the thing I want to stress the most is you're not alone. Because for the longest time, I thought I was the only one who struggled <laughs> with, you know, getting my thoughts and words out there uh, when I didn't know exactly the direction they were going in. And I found out very quickly that I wasn't. So I want to tell you all, you're not alone. And even the most seasoned writer, they're going to struggle with the writing process at times. It's not just newbies. Everyone does. And so the huge thing is, yeah, yeah. The huge thing is to give yourself grace, but also know when it's time to give yourself a little bit of tough love and, you know, just kind of wag that finger at yourself and say, okay, it's time to put the butt in the chair, put pen to paper or, you know, your fingertips to the keyboard, however you do it, and just write. And, you know, like I said, I've had to train myself that, you know, it might not always be pretty when Mm -hmm. it comes out, but 
you know, it's better to write than, you know, not to write. And even if it's just a paragraph that day, that's a victory. That's better than nothing. And so, you know, I think like if you focus on the writing process in that way, it -hmm. takes the pressure off yourself. It makes Mm -hmm. it a little less daunting. The struggle kind of diminished. And then you'll kind of remember, oh, yeah, this is what I like to write. So that's that's huge. That's what I would tell them. I love it. I love it. You're not alone. That's perfect. And if you're with a writing club and the other thing about writing conferences, um, I go to Blue Ridge Writers Conference. Have you ever been to that one yet? Uh, not yet. Whenever they offer a scholarship, maybe. <laughs> they do. They do every year. They, okay. Okay. they do. You they- need to make sure you sign up. Okay. But- that 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 is a fabulous one it is a big okay. one and so if it is your first one that may not be the best one if you're an introvert a yeah. smaller one might be better but I love that conference I've made so many connections that's where I met Lindsay and we've done some oh, okay. fun stuff together right. okay. they are you know cutting up and having you know when you get yeah. tired and goofy at the end of the day <laughs> yeah. we did some funny things so but I, you know, I love that because that's so important to make connections with writers in online and in real life. That that makes the journey more fun too. And like you said, realize, Hey, I'm not alone. I'm not the crazy one over here thinking that I had to write it perfect. You know, you realize, Oh, I don't have to do that way. Cause a lot of us do put a lot of pressure on ourselves and yes. different aspects, you know, I'm either I'm not good enough, I'm not writing mm-hmm. good enough, I'm not smart enough, yeah. you know, whatever the the voices yeah. in your head that are telling you that you're not enough, yeah. you're not whatever. Yeah. yeah. Those, yeah. But, but then you get around other writers and you you hear, oh my gosh, some of these famous writers felt the same exact way when they mm-hmm. first started writing. They yeah. didn't come out of the womb exactly. with a typewriter <laughs> writing perfect prose, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> They, they worked at it. And this is the thing yeah. it is a craft and you can work at it just like athletes have to work out yeah. and exactly. stay fit and practice their, whatever game it is that they play yeah. their mm-hmm. sport. The same thing with writers, you need to practice, you know, weekly, if not daily, you know, as much yeah. as you can. So yeah. that you, you, you build that. It's that whole, yeah. you know, you learn yeah. after 2000 yeah. hours, you learn. Yeah. You're and you know what's funny? I found that even like writing a simple email mm-hmm. helps. I mean, it doesn't matter what it is, you know, even if it's just a letter to someone or, you know, you still have to think like how to structure it. And, you know, right. those little things are kind of like many like, you know, exercises or prompts in a way. Right. Exactly. I, I use blogging. That's what helped me because I was writing to an audience. And when I knew eyeballs was going to see it, that was my like, okay, I really need to make sure this looks good. And I don't look like an idiot. And I worked harder at it. Now, those first blog posts, are they great? Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) I I haven't been, you know, courageous enough or had time to even care to go look at them. Um, (laughs) But but the ones that once, as I got, you know, as I yeah. learned to write better, the ones further along g- got better. You can see yeah. the progress that I made. And that's what it's there for. And this is what you want is progress. Yeah. All you need to do is. Grammarly helps you. That's been a lifesaver. Yes. Grammarly or pro writing aid. Both of those are great. 
They, they help you check things, but they are not your editor. I always say that it's not your editor, but then, you know, you said connect with seasoned writers. That's perfect and beautiful. Make sure you have some kind of mentors, you know, I would love for you to come to the writing club, but maybe we're not right for you. If, if we're not right for you, find the place that is right for you. And, but there's so many different options you can search on Facebook. But if you're listening to this, you can always come try, check out the writing club for $1 for the first month. So there's that little plug. And I'll put the link in the show notes for that. Yeah. But then the yeah, top love. Yes. You know, I love that it's like small and intimate. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, like I said, I'm an introvert. So that I don't feel as self-conscious to like ask a question mm-hmm. in the club. Like I'll put myself out there and say, Hey, like, how do I do this? Or, you know, how do I do that? That kind of thing. So it helps me a lot that, you know, it's, it's very small and intimate. And a lot of us are on the same journey, mm-hmm. um, you know, in the same kind of uh, phase of our writing career. And that helps you even more to know you're not alone. Mm-hmm. And, you can, and it, it gives that extra layer of accountability right. because you're pushing each other like, okay, we can do this. We can get our books published. It will happen. Uh, that kind of thing. So yeah. So I've, I've loved uh, the writing club for that reason. Awesome. Well, I'm so glad you have. And then the last thing you said was tough love. I love that too, because yeah. sometimes you do, it takes commitment. Just like, I, I, you know, the same thing I'm, with the athlete. An athlete does not become an Olympian or top in their field just haphazardly practicing. Oh, yeah. They yeah. have they have a schedule that they keep. They have coaches. They have mentors. They watch what they've done in the past to learn how to do better the next time. Yeah. And you so the in the for the writer's analogy is then that means you're writing all the time for something social yeah. media post emails blog exactly. post. Whatever it is, that practicing will help you. So yeah. I'm so appreciate you being here, and I love this. Yeah, so much fun. Yes, it has been, and I appreciate you sharing your heart with us. And I wish you the best. And I'm thank so you. glad you're with us in the club, and we can watch you as you grow in your success. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah, thank you for everything you've done for me. I appreciate it. It's been so sweet getting to know you, and I can't wait to meet you in person after my sister's wedding. October. I'm so excited. Yes, I love that. All right. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Right Hour. Our goal is to help you achieve your writing dreams. You are one step closer to write your book. Learn how to get the book out of your head with the four steps we teach our clients. Sign up for the free email series at therightcoach.biz. The link is in the show notes. The four steps help you clarify your focus, create and organize your content, and complete your book. We share tips on the writing process, and you can download the writing planner to track your progress. Don't let fear and overwhelm keep you from writing your book. It's time to write your book.